millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It is Monday the 10th of July. You're watching Breakfast with me, David Bull, here on Talk TV. Coming up, the BBC has suspended a high-profile male presenter and called in the police following allegations he paid £35,000 to a vulnerable teenager for explicit images. Meanwhile, US President Joe Biden has landed in the United Kingdom ahead of a NATO meeting in Lithuania amid the controversy of his authorization of the use of cluster munitions in Ukraine. He will meet the Prime Minister and he will also meet the King later today. And a second eight-year-old girl has died after a car crashed into a primary school in Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wimbledon last week. The time, 6.33, and this is Talk Breakfast. Well, a very good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very good to be here. I'm usually here at the weekend, so it's a great uh, joy and a pleasure to be here and uh, with you on a Monday morning. I'm delighted to say joining me this morning is James Heal, political correspondent at The Spectator. Good morning, morning to you. 
Um, a very serious news day, actually. I was reporting on this all over the weekend about the deepening crisis at the BBC. I mean, it, overnight it has uh, obviously developed somewhat more. And the BBC now has called in the police, finally, mm. finally, one might add, uh, over, let's say, presenter X. This is uh, the way I referred to this all over the weekend. Um, so obviously the BBC now called in uh, the police to investigate an alleged sex scandal involving a high-profile presenter. The presenter was finally suspended yesterday. And I think this controversy actually is deepening so quickly. And I was just saying to Christo, obviously many presenters now saying, it's not me taking to social media. This morning I woke up, there are images on social media. I just, you know, I'm really keen to get your reading of this. How long can the BBC contain this? Well, it's a really good question. And actually, reading all the papers today, the one thing that both The Telegraph and The Guardian agree on is that this is the biggest scandal facing uh, BBC Director General Tim Davey amid concerns about how the corporation is handling these constant scandals. So we had a good, they thought they had a good May after what happened with uh, the coronation, some decent coverage of that. And that was just coming out of the Richard Sharp, Gary Lineker period. Mm-hmm. Now we're in another question, a story about pre- uh, presenter power and what the corporation's done wrong here. And really, I think it's questions about what the BBC knew and when. And uh, frankly, why didn't they act sooner on all this? Well, I would agree. Absolutely right. And of course, these uh, allegations go back to May. Now, clearly, the BBC actually went on to say something very strange, I thought. Our investigation unit is looking into it. Mm. Why is it taking you this long? And surely, if an allegation of this seriousness is made, don't you suspend that presenter X in question Mm. until the investigation is complete? And therefore, actually, they could have been in control of the narrative. Yes, I think definitely it's the constant story of all these BBC scandals is they're always too slow to act. And as I say, I do wonder perhaps if there's a case here, which is that the Gary Lineker scandal damaged them to such an extent they were reluctant to take action against one of their star presenters, uh, you know, who presume from the figures involved is earning significant amounts of money. I mean, as you know, I worked there for a very long time. And, uh, you know, in terms of the, the state of turmoil it's now in, you had the Culture Secretary, Lucy Fraser, holding urgent talks with Tim Davey. Tim Davey just seems completely out of his depth. Mm. I think also you've got to look at events and context here, which is that the ministers are currently uh, considering whether to uh, link the licence fee to inflation, whether to break that link when it comes up for renewal next year. They're also going to be, it's the worst possible timing, because tomorrow you're going to see the annual report on BBC Star Presenter pay come out, those high figures. So all these kind of things are really bad time for Tim Davey, as you say. Well, very much so. And, and, you know, I'm just uh, really interested in your thoughts this morning as well, because obviously, as we've been saying, the BBC being forced to call in the police yet again yet again, to investigate misconduct within the organisation. And I just wonder, do you think the BBC is now fatally flawed? Your thoughts, please. 03444991000. Text the word TALK and your message to 87222 and tweet us at TALK TV. It is an extraordinary story, actually. And lots of parts of this, I think, I think this is going to move very quickly indeed, don't you? Definitely, as I say, partly because of the nature of events. Also, remember what we had last year with the Tory MP involved in the Porn in Parliament scandal, Neil Parrish. He eventually went public with his name because every other MP was having to stand up and say, it's not me. And that's what we're seeing over the weekend. People like Gary Lineker coming out and saying, no, I'm nothing to do with this. Absolutely, Jeremy Vine and so on. Exactly. Absolutely right. Let's move on, shall we, and talk about Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, he has landed at the very glamorous airport of Stansted. Happy and uh, obviously, uh, he this morning is commanding the headlines because he now says that Ukraine is not ready for NATO membership. Mm. This is on the back of Ben Wallace being sidestepped, obviously, uh, to to take over. And uh, the the question I have really is, in terms of the UK-US special relationship, as it's so-called, is it alive and well? 
Uh, it's alive. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily <laughs> in the best of health, but uh, you know, I just think that it's partly due to different political parties. You know, uh, Biden's a Democrat. You know, Sunak's a Conservative. Partly because of the circumstances of events, it's never going to be as close as it was during kind of Reagan, Thatcher, Bush, Blair those times. But I do think that you know, President President Biden has a, a habit of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh, but I do think on this, you know, the UK and Britain do broadly agree on Ukraine. They do, apart from obviously Biden sanctioning the use of cluster munitions. Mm. Now, clearly 130 countries are opposed to that, including the United Kingdom. I think this is a big problem. I think also the thing which complicates it is the UK is currently chairing the conference, which is overseeing the banning of these cluster bombs. I think, look, I mean, you know, ministers are concerned about it. They're publicly opposed to it. And obviously it's not good to have the UK and its allies doing saying one thing and doing another. But equally, I think that because the UK is so full square behind Ukraine, I'm sure that if the US wants it, it'll go ahead. But, but the, the language is interesting, I thought. Rishi Sunak saying, and I quote, the UK discourages the use of cluster yeah. munitions. I mean, discouraging. Surely you could be a little more strident, couldn't you? I think that is indicative of how it's viewed within the government. Is that, yeah, as you say, discourages rather than condemns or mm. you know, much more strong use mm. of language. And I think that's really because they accept that the U- US is going to, if the US wants it, it's going to go along with it because they're now the primary financiers of this war. They're the ones who are defending Ukraine with armaments and industry, etc. So I think that it's going to be seen as something that's realistic. Well, yeah, absolutely. And in terms of this, just as I said, 130 countries do not believe in the use of cluster munitions Mm. because of the collateral damage they can inflict. But obviously the US, Ukraine and Russia, none of those are signatories to this. I just wonder what this means in terms of the public support for Ukraine. I think that the argument they're going to be making is that Russians have been using the cluster weapons um, for months on end now uh, without retort. They're going to have to demine lots of the country anyway. I don't think it'll really sink in and actually affect public support or views on uh, Ukraine at all, really, because they can see what Russia's doing. Do you doing. think the public's still behind Ukraine? I do, I do, I do. And I think that if you look at polling, Britain particularly is held up, more so in Britain than other countries, admittedly. Uh, but I do think that also it's one of the clearest examples of right and wrong we've seen uh, in modern conflict. And therefore, I think the British people, as you've seen by spontaneous demonstrations, things like the Ukrainian flag flying over churches Mm. in rural England. Uh, Look at the public support and polling and focus groups as well. I think that people know there's a lot of pain that's caused by it, but they accept it and go along with it. Mm. Let's move on to this very tragic story. The the second girl, uh, the second child has died after a Land Rover crashed into an end-of-term party at the prep school in southwest Mm. London. Nuria Sajad has been named now by the Metropolitan Police as the second fatality in the incidents. Uh, This happened on Thursday at the study prep school on Camp Road in Wimbledon. Um, this 46-year-old woman has been arrested. It's so tragic, yeah. isn't it? It's just a horrible story, and not least, I think, you know, just all the different human details, which just add it when reading about it, like the fact that was the, the headmistress was handing over on her last week or so and to the new one, and, and, and as you say, a second child that died. I mean, at the times like this, the sort of words almost seem, you know, so futile here, and we just hope that anything that can be learned from this story, we, 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 we sort of... We, take advantage of and learn for the future but it's just a real tragedy i mean just reading uh, what people have written about this saying nuria was the light of our lives she embodied joy kindness and generosity i found this so moving also about selena saying she was intelligent and cheeky and adored and loved by everyone i just that you can't put a price on that and you know and it's really important that we get to the bottom of what happened now it's it may be the driver had some sort of medical incident yeah. for example maybe an epileptic seizure or something yes and it might have been something else to do with that mental illness 
etc. I've seen a variety of things um, being discussed around what happened here. Um, but as you say, when you read the sort of the way in which you send your child off to school and you never expected it to be like that, it's just it, the, the sheer shock of it really does. Sometimes stories like this just sort of touch the national consciousness. It's one of those things that sort of broke through all the, the rubbish we spat in Westminster and actually, I think, has moved a lot of people. It has indeed. Uh, very quickly, Rachel Reeves was inter- uh, interviewed all over the media yeah. yesterday and she says a Labour government would aim to lower income tax. I was shocked. Uh, I'm I'm not shocked. I'm I'm just sceptical, shall we say. Very cynical. <laughs> uh, not least because uh, Labour goes along with every tax cut the government proposes and then changes its mind when they reverse on it, as we saw with the mini-budget. Yes, indeed. So politically, this is important. This is about setting out their, their, their stall, exactly. I suppose, isn't it? But then under the Conservatives, we have the highest tax burden in 70 years. So, I mean, it can't actually get any worse, can it? Well, I mean, that's the argument. I think that basically you're going to go into an election with both parties not saying that much different on the economy. Uh, Labour want fiscal credibility. They said already this weekend, and they're going to stick to the Tory spending plans. So I think what we're going to have here is, as you say, David, they want to neutralise it and make mm. it a kind of, you know, an area where the Tories can't attack them and they'll win on other things like the NHS and public spending. Can I just ask you very quickly? So sure. over the weekend, I heard a lot of letters had gone into the 1922 committee. Mm. Your, your thoughts on I'm, that? I'm sceptical of that. Are because you? Just because I think that who else have they got? So when there was Boris, there was obviously Rishi as the counterbalance. Mm. Under May, they had Boris. Um, I the don't grassroots see... don't like Rishi. Uh, no, yeah, true, but they don't love him, but they, they certainly don't like him a lot of the time. But actually, they realise they can't change leader for a third time in, what, 12 months? Can't they? I don't think so. I, I, I'm very I'm sceptical. Well, well, the reason I say that, and obviously I've been in politics, yes. a lot of these backbenchers who are sitting on 24,000 majorities are suddenly mm. starting to think, I'm going to lose my seat. Mm. Yes, but I don't know which of those leaders... Uh, the problem is, how much of it is to do with the leader now? Or is it to do with things like the economy, the fundamentals, or kind of things that have been done under the previous governments which are coming back to haunt this one? So I'm not necessarily sure... Sh- the conversations I'm having with Tory MPs, maybe they're the wrong ones, are the ones who are not saying they're going to replace him anytime soon. Well, it will be fascinating to see uh, what happens. Absolutely fascinating. James, thank you very much indeed for the moment. Time for a break. After the break, we'll go through all of this morning's front pages. This is Talk TV. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. 